Hello and welcome to the Gregory Dickow podcast. My name is Rob and in just a moment you'll hear from my dad, Gregory Dickow, with his latest Sunday message from Life Changers Church. But before we do that, I wanted to let you know about a season we are in called Heart for the House. This is where we take several weeks out of the year to celebrate what God is doing in and through our global church family. Listen, we could not do what we do without the faithful generosity of our church family and our ministry partners. And if you wanna see more of the impact that your giving is making, uh, or if you'd like to make a, a gift, a donation towards Heart for the House, you can head over to gregorydickow.com heart. The link is in the description and on behalf of my dad and our entire church family, I want to thank you for your generosity. And now for the content you've been waiting for, here is the latest message from Gregory Dickow. Enjoy. Well, last Sunday I shared with you three powerful words that will change your life, that have changed my life, and they continue to change my life. Stay with it. To win at anything, stay with it. To succeed at anything, stay with it. No matter what you're going through, stay with it. Stay with your faith. Stay in the church. Stay in love. Stay in God's presence. Stay in trusting God. Stay in your family. Believe God for breakthroughs, no matter what you're going through, by just staying with it. And in the same way, I want to share with you two words today. As I share with you three last Sunday, I have two words for you today and several words to describe those two words and explain those two words. And I really love these two words and these I hope this sticks with you as stay with it stuck with you and will continue to stay with you and stick with you. But those two words are press on, press on press on in difficult times, press on in good times, press on in bad times, press on in troubled times, press on when you feel like giving up, press on. It really is similar to staying with it. But these two words were really impressed upon my heart over the last several days. And I wanted to share them with you. And I want to share a quote with you. And then I'll turn to my first scripture in Luke 11. But I want to begin with this quote by Calvin Coolidge one of uh, the presidents of the United States years ago, he perfectly sums up the concept of persistence, perseverance or pressing on. And he said this, he said, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. He said, talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not take the place of persistence for unrewarded genius is almost a proverb, he said. Education will not take the place of persistence for the world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence, he said, and determination alone are omnipotent. They hold the greatest power. The slogan press on he went on to say has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. Boy, I like those words that he said at the end. The slogan press on, he said, has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. If those words are true, which I know them to be true, then I believe whatever problem you're facing right now can be solved with those same two words. Press on, press on. When you feel like giving up, press on. When you feel like God has forsaken you, press on because he will never leave you or forsake you. When you don't feel like the scripture is working, press on. It's working. It's just working underneath the surface. It's working underneath and it's coming to pass in the invisible world. Press on. 
You know, in Luke chapter 11, there's a powerful story beginning in verse five. And I'll read this to you from the New King James and then the Living Translation. Jesus said to his disciples, which of you shall have and to the people that were following him, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves in Luke 11, verse five. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. I don't have any food to feed him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me, for the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you anything. I say to you, Jesus goes on to say, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as much as he needs. Therefore, keep asking, keep seeking and keep knocking. So, and look at what he says. And it will be opened to you, he says ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you. And the literal translation is keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking and it will be open to you. Well, the powerful that's such a powerful passage of scripture and it deserves a lot more than what I'm going to give it this morning. But I do want to show this. I do want to show part of this verse to you in the New Living Translation, especially with um, the verse six. Watch what he says here in the New Living Translation. A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. Verse seven. And suppose one of you suppose he calls out from his bedroom. Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night. My family and I are in bed. I can't help you. I can't help you, he said. But I tell you this, that though he won't do it for his friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Well, what a powerful phrase because of your shameless persistence, because of your shameless persistence. And this applies to any situation. But he's saying here that even though this man is his friend, he's not getting up in the middle of the night. He's not going to inconvenience himself out of friendship, but he is going to inconvenience himself out of the man's shameless persistence, shameless persistence. That means I'm asking without shame. That means I'm not embarrassed to ask. I'm not afraid to ask. I don't feel I don't deserve to ask. I'm shameless. There's no reason that I'm going to allow my visitors that I need to feed. I'm not going to let them starve. I'm not going to let them come visit me and not have something for them. And so I'm shameless, he says. So in anything in life, we have to not be ashamed to go to God about anything. Don't be ashamed to go to God twice. Don't be ashamed to go to God three times. Don't be ashamed to go to God four times. Press on. Say, well, I don't hear anything. Press on. Well, he's not responding. Press on. You see, God is trying to give us insight into something that unlocks the secrets in the kingdom of God and in life and the universe. He said, I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks, receives everyone who seeks, finds and everyone who knocks. The door will be open. This is how life works, folks. This is how you get 
a date. This is how you get in a university if you're trying to get accepted. This is how you uh, get a job and get in business and succeed with clients is that there's a shameless persistence in your life, a pressing on in your life. And although persistence and persistence and consistent they sound similar and they all mean similar things. But we really need to understand it's all about not giving up. It's all about pressing on when it's hard. It's all about moving forward, even when you feel like moving backwards or you don't feel like moving at all, because this is how life is lived. We live in a life full of trial. We live in a life full of tribulation. And the way through it is not to stop and let it roll over you. The way through it is to press on the way through it is to keep moving. They said um, they said someone was doing a Monday night football announcing a Monday night football game years ago when Walter Payton was the was with the Chicago Bears, the, gr- the greatest running back ever. And um, they had said it towards the end of his career that his rushing yardage had accumulated up to nine miles nine miles of rushing yardage and over over his career. And so a great NFL career or to put it in uh, in in terms that we can understand for a person to get 100 yards rushing in a football game is amazing. Get a thousand yards in a season is amazing. But to get nine miles in a career which is thousands and thousands. What is it? Five to forty five thousand feet or something like that um, to get that far in a career and be knocked down. Somebody said and he was knocked down every four yards. So we got these nine, however many thousand yards and knocking being knocked down every four steps, every four yards, every few feet. He's being knocked down and he's being knocked around right right at the beginning of running with the ball. And then he's knocked down by the end of four yards and to 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 be knocked down that many times and still go nine miles over a career. It's an ama- and it's an amazing statistic and maybe it's not the best illustration, but I hope you understand it, at least my inept way of explaining it. But it's to just keep going forward, even though you're knocked down, to keep pressing on, even though you're knocked down, to keep moving ahead, even though it doesn't seem to be getting you anywhere. Now, there obviously needs to be adjustments in our lives where we make mid course adjustments if we're knocking on the wrong doors. But the point is, is if you keep on knocking, you'll eventually be knocking on the right doors. If you keep on, if you keep on asking, you'll eventually ask the right questions. If you keep on seeking, you'll eventually find the right things. And so I think that this concept of pressing on is something that I want to permeate my life and I want it to permeate yours as well. In Luke, chapter 21, verse 19, Jesus said, by your patience, you will possess your souls by your patience. You will possess your souls. This is not about salvation, but the word there, patience is the word endurance or the word persistence or perseverance by your perseverance, you will possess your souls. It means that you will have control of your life through persistence, through perseverance, through patience. You will have control of your life. Possessing your soul means time doesn't possess it. Problems don't possess it. People don't possess it. Demons don't possess it. Uh, 
what possesses your soul is you. You possess your soul through patience. You possess your soul. How great is it if you are living a life where nothing anybody does can ever control your emotions? Nothing anybody does can ever manipulate you. Nothing anybody does can ever make you feel like you have to do something, feel obligated by by somebody's manipulation or control. How great is it to be able to possess your own soul and you have patience and you have endurance and you stay in it until you see the fruits of your victory. Jesus paid for our victory, but God wants us to see the fruits of our victory. And that happens through enduring tough times, enduring difficult times, enduring difficult people, enduring a difficult past. We those three things are really what we need to endure and what we really need to persevere over. We need to persevere over difficult times. We need to persevere over difficult people. We need to persevere when we're facing a difficult past. We all have a past that was difficult. Most many of us have a difficult past. Many of us have some pain in our past and we have to endure through that pain to get to the other side. We have to endure difficult people and learn how to possess our souls and be patient and persevere even in the face of dealing with difficult people, whether it's in your family, your job, your business. We all are going to have difficult people in our lives and we need to endure through those relationships that are difficult. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't just don't dispose of people because they're difficult. Don't dispose of people because they're challenging. It doesn't mean that you have to keep everyone in your life. We have to be wise in who we surround ourselves with. The power of association is so important that we associate with the right people. But we can't be quitters because somebody is difficult. We can't be quitters because life is difficult. We can't be quitters because our past was difficult. We can't be quitters because our pain is difficult. I think if you look at the last couple of years, we've all been through testing and trials and difficult times. And guess what? Each of us has a choice to make. Either I'm going to let the times I'm living in possess my soul or I'm going to possess my soul. I'm going to let the trials in my life possess my soul and control it or I'm going to possess my soul and control it. We're even going to we're either going to allow the people that give us difficulty in life to control our soul and possess our soul or I'm going to we're going to possess our own souls. But I hope this resonates with you as it does me. The word endurance in the Greek language is the word who the word Jesus uses here in Luke 21, 19, by your patience or by your endurance, possess your soul. It means to remain under. It means to endure, to remain even when you're under miseries, adversities, persecutions, provocations in faith and patience toward things or circumstances. When Jesus what Jesus is implying here is that the things in life are going to get tough, right? And life is not always going to be not life is not always going to be sweet. Life is not always going to be easy. But Jesus says the secret to running the race and winning the race is endurance, not giving up, not giving up on your faith, not giving up on your family, not giving up on people. They say that um, one of the great prayer warriors of um, years ago, George Mueller, was a great prayer warrior and a preacher. And they said that he had five friends that he knew as as a young man 
but none of them were saved. So he prayed for them every day. He said after they say after around five years, the first one got saved after 10 years, the second one got saved and the third one got saved after 20 years. The fourth one got saved, something like that. But the fifth one, it wasn't until right at his death and he had prayed for this man for almost 50 years. And finally, that fifth man got saved. Why? Because George Mueller persisted in prayer. He kept on asking. He kept on knocking. Jesus saved this man. Jesus saved this man. What if we stopped right now and we thought about the people in our lives that we're not sure they're going to heaven? And what if we stopped for a moment and we were willing to pray and not stop praying, pray for them every day until they get saved? Do you have a loved one? I have loved ones that I'm believing to be saved. Let's pray together right now for those family members, those loved ones. Father, we thank you that you said we could ask anything in Jesus name. So we're asking for the souls of our loved ones. We're asking for the salvation of our loved ones, the salvation of their their soul to be saved, to be born again, to send the right person across their path. Lord, if we're not the right person, send somebody else. If we're the right person, send us open the door that no man can close into the hearts of our brothers, our sisters, our fathers, our mothers, our sons and daughters, our aunts, our uncles, our nieces, our nephews, our friends, our workers, our business people, our bosses at work, whoever it is we're believing for. We're not going to stop praying, Lord, until they're saved. We're not going to stop knocking until the door of their salvation is open. We're not going to stop asking until they're born again. We're not going to stop seeking until they're part of the family of God in Jesus name. Hey, if it worked for George Mueller, it can work for you. If it worked for. Well, so many people, Martin Luther King said this. He said, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, Martin Luther King Jr. said, then crawl. If you can't crawl, whatever you have to do, do something to keep moving forward. You see this whole concept of pressing on, not giving up, being persistent, it will change your life. It will change the world. And that we have story after story in scripture of how it changes our lives. And we have story after story in history of how it changes the world. Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, just keep going. If you're going through hell, just keep going. I love that quote because it reminded me of Psalm 23, verse four, where David says, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Now, I love what he says there that God is with us and that's worth it all. But there's something very powerful in how he describes how he gets through the valley of the shadow of death. He gets through it. Number one, of course, because God is with him. But the second reason why he gets through the valley of the shadow of death is he keeps walking. He doesn't say when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I sit down and I pause to look at death. He says, even though I walk through, I walk through, I walk through, I walk through right now. There's something you're going through and God wants you to walk through it, walk through it, walk through it. Don't run from it. Don't ignore it. Don't pretend it's not there. Just keep walking. Just keep walking through it. Walk through the valley. The only way through the valley is by walking. The only 
means by which you're going to get through is by your legs. Keep moving. You got to keep moving forward. You got to keep walking, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. There's you don't sit there. You don't camp there. You don't build a house there. You don't get an apartment there. You don't build a tent there. You don't lay on a rock there. You keep walking. And when you walk through it, you will get through it. You'll get to the other side because you don't stop walking. And that's what I see in so many people's lives, whether it be in their family, they give up on their finances, they give up on their faith, they give up on. Boy, those are the three things to never give up on. Never give up on your faith, never give up on your family, never give up on your finances. Whatever you have to do, keep believing. Whatever you have to do, keep your family together. And look, if you're already broken up and your family's apart, believe God to bring them back together within reason. Obviously, if somebody's divorced and married to two or three other people after that, just, you know, let, let them be. But <laughs> believe God that your children are not going to be estranged from you, that your parents are not going to be estranged from you, that you can have a relationship with the loved ones that are in your life and that are healthy for you and stay with it. Stay with it. Don't give up on your family. Tough times happen for everybody. Tough times never last, but tough people do. Tough times never last. It's so important to get a hold of that. But tough people do. Look, time is going to prevail or you are going to prevail. And you know what? As long as I'm in your life, I'm going to encourage you to prevail. Don't let don't let tough times send you into the corner. Don't let tough times discourage you and condemn you and try to send false messages like I must be going through these tough times because this must be God's will. No, it's God's will for you to become tough because tough times never last. But tough people do. Boy, somebody said something really powerful and um, they said perseverance is the secret of all triumphs. Victor Hugo said that, as a matter of fact, perseverance is the secret of all triumphs, triumphs, victories, being triumphant. In fact, they say triumph is just umph added to try. Triumph is just some umph added to try. Most people either aren't trying or they're not adding some umph to their trying. Who's ready to add some umph to their trying? Triumph. The way that you become triumphant is you put some umph to the try. And we're not talking about salvation. Your salvation is by grace through faith. But your life on this earth, a life of victory, a life of success, a life of prevailing, a life of joy, a life of peace. You've got to fight through tough times. You've got to believe through tough times. You've got to love through tough people. You've got to love them anyway. You've got to endure anyway. You've got to believe anyway. Trust God anyway. Like I said, tough times never last, but tough people do. There's because of his shameless persistence. When it comes to the things you're believing God for, are you exerting shameless persistence or are you ashamed and think, well, I asked once and so heaven didn't answer. So I'm kind of be ashamed to ask. I'd be embarrassed to ask again. Jesus is the one who's told us to keep asking. Jesus is the one who told us to keep seeking. Jesus is the one who told us to keep knocking and the door is going to be open to us. Boy, if you walk away from this service today, wherever you're watching from, walk away with this. Press on. Walk away with this is keep asking, 
Keep knocking, keep seeking. There's something very powerful about this kind of perseverance. There's something very liberating about knowing that when you face a difficult time, others have faced it and made it through. Others kept walking. You keep walking, too. You know, Wilma didn't get much of a head start in life. She had polio and her left leg was crooked and her foot was twisted inward. So she had to wear leg braces. Maybe many of you have heard of this great woman. After seven years of painful therapy, she could walk without her braces. At age 12, Wilma tried out for a girls basketball team, but didn't make it. Determined, she practiced with a girlfriend and two boys every day. The next year, she made the team. When a college track coach saw her during a game, he talked her into letting him train her as a runner. By age 14, she had outrun the fastest sprinters in the United States. In 1956, Wilma made the U.S. Olympic team, but she didn't do very well. In fact, she faced bitter disappointment. But instead of giving up and quitting, it motivated her to work harder for the 1960 Olympics in Rome. And there, as you know, Wilma Rudolph won three gold medals, the most at that time that any woman had ever won. What is that a story of pressing on? What is that a story of shameless persistence? What is that a story of perseverance? Or how about this world changer? He failed in business at age 22. He ran for legislature and was defeated at age 23. He failed in business again at age 24, elected to legislature at age 25. At age 26, his sweetheart died. He had a nervous breakdown at age 27. He was defeated as the Speaker of Congress at age 29, defeated for elector of Congress at age 31, defeated for Congress at age 34, defeated elected to Congress at age 37, defeated for Congress at age 39, defeated for Senate at age 46, defeated for vice president at age 47, defeated for Senate at age 49, but elected president of the United States at age 51. Who was he? Abraham Lincoln, none other than who later would be the author of the Emancipation Proclamation. Why? How did that breakthrough happen? It's because somebody persevered, somebody pressed on, somebody didn't give up, somebody didn't take no for an answer, wouldn't take no for an answer, saw failure as opportunity rather than failure as an identity. He saw failure as an opportunity rather than failure as an identity. If you'll stop identifying yourself as a failure and just realize failure is a part of success, that failing and falling sometimes is how you get there. And it's okay as long as you learn how to fail forward rather than backward, like learn something from what you failed at, learn something from what hasn't worked in your life, learn something during the times of delay between the time you ask God and the time it shows up between the time you ask God and the time It shows up. Beloved, listen, God answers prayer and his answer to his promises is always yes. So what is not what is what is stopping 
the answer to those to those prayers showing up in our lives. It's because it's because we give up. It's because we ask and we don't get an answer. So we don't we don't ask anymore. Shame shames us and shame pushes us back to where we're not willing to keep asking. But if you keep asking, it'll you'll receive. If you keep seeking, you'll find if you keep knocking, the door will be open to you. That's the beauty of pressing on. It works. That's the beauty of pressing on. I don't know why God's universe is set up that way, maybe because the universe needs you to grow and needs you to develop some character and develop some stick to to develop some stickiness so that you don't give up so easily that things don't money doesn't come into your hands and you lose it. But you learn how to use it and you persevere at look, they I told you some of this last time, but they did a, re, a study, the greatest study ever done on millionaires, 80 to 90 percent of all the people that were millionaires. It was hard work over an average of 28 years before they ended up becoming a millionaire. Ninety percent, 80 to 90 percent of these people randomly researched so that it meant something and it re, it revealed a pattern that 80 to 90 percent of them came from families that were middle class families or less than middle class families. And they became millionaires through hard work, through persistence, through pressing on. So whether it's our faith, we're pressing on to believe for our healing, we're pressing on to believe for the manifestation of a prayer we prayed, we're pressing on to believe that we're going to find that person we desire in our lives to a partner in life. We're going to start that business that, that we've always dreamed. What's going to get us there? It's pressing on. It's believing anyway. So whether it has to do with your faith, whether it has to do with your finances, whether it has to do with your family, it's press on. The secret is pressing on, pressing on, pressing on. I like the concept of pressing on is kind of the dual meaning of press on. Press on means going forward no matter what comes against you. And press on, press the on button also means start. There's something about pressing the on button. There's something about starting. Most failure is because people don't ever start. Most failure is because people don't ever even try. And that's why whether it's in business, in a new job, in finances, in faith in believing God for something you never believed God for. Maybe you grew up and you never heard that there are promises in the Bible about your your health, the promises in the Bible about your finances, There's promises in the Bible about your family, all of them being saved. There's promises in the Bible of you prospering and succeeding and having enough for every situation. There are promises in God's word. And maybe you grew up without knowing those things. Maybe you just knew salvation was the only promise that was guaranteed. But there are so many other promises in God's word, and it's not too late to learn those promises and press on to experience those promises. So many people, they just give up before the manifestation. And as I shared with you last time, the Chinese bamboo tree doesn't grow for four years once it's planted and cultivated and watered and given the sun exposure that it needs. After four years, it still hasn't grown at all above ground. But in the fifth year, it grows 80 feet within six weeks. How is that possible? Because that's how God created life. That's how God created the universe, that things grow slowly. You don't become rich overnight. 
you can become rich slowly. And I don't mean rich in the sense of greed. Uh, come on, gang, we're we're past that. I'm talking about if you want to accumulate wealth, you do it slowly, not quickly. It doesn't happen overnight. Nothing happens overnight except you got to get some rest overnight and the seed will grow little by little and learn that pattern. First of all, start, but also learn the pattern of evolution in the Bible. It's not that we evolve from apes. It's not that we evolve from monkeys. That's not the evolution I'm talking about. I'm talking about this evolution in Philippians, chapter three, verse. Well, let's start with let's look at verse um, 13. He says, even though he said, brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Notice God's call is always going upward. Notice there's prizes here. Notice there's the goal for the prize of the upward call. I want to graduate into the upward call. I don't want to go into the downward call. I want the upward call. How about you? I want the call that's going forward. He, but notice he says three things there. He says, first, forgetting. I forget what lies behind. So there's forgetting. And then he says reaching. You got to forget some things and you got to reach for some things. And when you reach for some things and they're out of reach, what's the answer? Then it's pressing time. I press on. So I'm forgetting, I'm reaching and I'm pressing. And the pressing part is where most people give up. Some people can do pretty good at forgetting and other people do good at forgetting and they start reaching for what lies ahead. But as they're reaching and they face discouragement, as they're reaching and they face demons, as they're reaching and they face depression, as they're reaching and they face um, distress, as they're reaching and they face despair, as they're reaching and they face obstacles, they stop pressing. David said, I would have despaired in Psalm 27, verse 13. I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That faith, believing that you will see the goodness of the Lord is what causes you to press on even when you're despairing, to press on even when it's difficult, to press on even when it's a challenge. So notice these three stages forgetting, then graduate to reaching, then graduate to pressing. Pressing is always what's going to get you to that prize, to the finish line. You're going to have to learn to press on. There's going to be a lot of reasons for you to quit on yourself. There's going to be a lot of reasons for you to quit on your family. Press on. There's going to be a lot of reasons for you to quit on your church. Press on. Well, don't go to church anymore. Don't attend online. Don't attend in person. You know, you don't need that anymore. We made it this far. We only, I only made it because of the church. I only made it because of the people of God. I only made it because of the promises of God. I only made it this far in life because I've been a part of a church family. Press on, press on. Somebody burned you. Press on. Somebody wounded you. Press on. Somebody lied about you, betrayed you. Press on. There's no use in sitting and crying over it. You can cry over it for a minute, but then get up and press on. Encourage yourself in the Lord. 
David was being criticized by his all the soldiers that he had trained. And the Bible says that they all wanted to stone him after they saw what had happened in their lives because of a decision David made to take them into battle and their homes were taken, burned down and their families were kidnapped. And David was going to you know, he was like overwhelmed with despair and distress. He said he was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him in first Samuel 30, verse six, for all the people were embittered because each one because of his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself. Boy, if you could see this word for what it is, and I believe it's in the King James where he says he, he encouraged himself. David encouraged himself. One translation says he strengthened himself. But here he's encouraging himself. In other words, sometimes. The right people aren't going to be there to encourage you. And you got to encourage yourself. You got to tell yourself it's going to be all right. You got to tell yourself God's on your side. You got to tell yourself you're going to make it. You got to tell yourself it's worth going forward for. You have to encourage yourself at times, strengthen yourself at times. And you just have to surround yourself with encouragement, even if you have to do it by yourself. Thankfully, we have a church family that we can be encouraged by and be encouraged in. But the answer to our problem is press on. The answer lies in persevering. The answer lies in not giving up. The answer lies in understanding the process, forgetting, reaching, pressing. First, the blade, Mark 4, 27, first the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. He said, I write to you, children, I write to you, young men, I write to you, fathers. You see, there's progression. It's evolving progression that we have to press on to. We have to persevere for. We are going to see the results. We are going to see the harvest. We are going to see success, but we can't give up. We got to stay in it. We got to stay with it. We got to press on. Press on. And realize God's not in a hurry. So don't you be in a hurry. Just keep moving forward. Why? Because due time, right? And you are scheduled for a meeting. And Ecclesiastes 3:11 says that he makes all things beautiful, makes everything beautiful in its time. Due season. Galatians 6 says we talked about that last week. Due time. You and do have an appointment. And if you will just press on and if you will just keep going, you are going to run into do. And when I say do, I mean, you're going to run into due season, due time. That thing is going to become beautiful in its time. Believe that with me and let's pray. Father, thank you for every person within the sound of my voice. Give them the courage, the encouragement, the hope to persevere, 
Let them see it's worth waiting for. It's worth pressing in for. It's worth pressing on. It's worth persevering for. All of your promises are yes and amen. Through faith and patience, we experience and inherit these promises. And we thank you for the endurance to stay in it and keep believing in your love and keep believing in your goodness and keep believing in your promises, no matter what it looks like in Jesus name. And with that, I want to pray for anybody that wants to receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Simply pray this prayer out loud after me. Heavenly Father, that's it. Just say that Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my Savior. I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my Savior. I believe say that out loud. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. From this moment forward, I'm a child of God. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, contact me, write me, email me, reach out to me, call us, do something, but get that book on your screen. The power of a new life. It's my free gift to you. You can get it downloaded anywhere in the world. Absolutely free. These are the next steps of this Christian journey. Now, I must read to you one verse and I want to ask you to give towards our heart for the house. But specifically, we're focused on the next generation today. And would you look at this scripture in um, Psalm 114, verse 12. And I want to read this to you from the Passion Translation. Deliver us, God, deliver us. Then our homes will be happy. Our sons will grow up as strong, sturdy men and our daughters with graceful beauty, royally fashioned as for a palace. Our barns will be filled to the brim, overflowing with the fruits of our harvest. Our fields will be full of sheep and cattle, too many to count, and our livestock will not miscarry their young. Our enemies will not invade our land and there'll be no breach in our walls. What bliss we experience when these blessings fall. The people who love and serve our God will be happy indeed. My heart explodes with praise to you, God, now and forever. My heart bows in worship to you, my king and my God. And if you look at what all of this blessing and all this goodness hinges upon, it's all starts with verse 140, chapter 144, verse 12, where he says, Lord, deliver us. Then our homes will be happy. Deliver us from giving up and our homes will be happy. Deliver us from fear and our homes will be happy. Deliver us from anger and our homes will be happy. Deliver us from negativity and our homes will be happy. Deliver us from anxiety and our homes will be happy. And what will happen when our homes are happy? Man, God wants to give you a happy home. Our sons will grow up as strong, sturdy men and our our daughters with graceful beauty, royally fashioned as for a palace. In other words, our sons and our daughters are going to go further than us. The next generation is going to go further than us. They're going to be royal. They're going to experience this strength and this beauty and this grace and this stability. And that's what happens when you have a happy home. And that's what happens when you you're you're raising your kids with a church family, not just yourself, with a church family, with the community of God's people with the proper education where us as parents are making sure that our kids are learning the right things, even if they're learning stuff at school. We got to make sure they're learning God's word. We got to make sure they're learning how to be kind. We got to make sure they're learning how to have empathy and make sure they're learning how to be tough and endure tough times. Man, I just want to encourage you to happy home starts with generosity, giving. So I want you to give to our heart for the house because the heart for God's house shows up in results in your house. And 
That's how God does things as we take care of God's house. He takes care of our house. Let's give towards the next generation today. Let's give towards reaching young people. Let's give towards happy homes, happy families. As you plant this seed as seed for happiness in your home and happiness in your family, whatever God puts in your heart, whatever your heart moves you to do, give it now. You can see on the screen ways to do it. Lord, give us happy homes. Lord, give us sons and daughters that are powerful, sturdy and royal. And Lord, give us the grace. Thank you for the grace to reach the next generation to go further than we've ever gone in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thanks for giving. Take a moment and give towards the future and the next generation and watch what God will do in your home, because it's going to be a happy, blessed, blissful home in Jesus name. Love you guys. Can't wait to see you at our next service. God bless. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast. Remember, we are celebrating our Heart for the House season and you are invited to be a part of it. For all the ways you can be a part of Heart for the House, go over to GregoryDickow.com heart. You can give, you can find out how, what your giving is doing, and you can join us for our weekly worship experiences every Sunday live. So that's GregoryDickow.com heart and have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next time.